morning, good afternoon, or good evening. And welcome to the Vanguard for Spike Juanse Cohen. I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Thank you. Hey, welcome everyone. Juanse. That's Juanse. I was hoping that it would be Jundia Ari because I've been singing I Am Not My Hair and crying a lot this past week. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for having me. By the way, that sun has to be just brutal to you right now. So brutal right now. Is I'm there, like, come on, 15 do, minutes. You want to go maybe shut that blind or whatever? That I, I did before the break. It was much worse beforehand. Wow. It must have just been like... Yeah, no, that's it's hurting me for you. Yeah, no, it does it does not feel amazing. But, <laughs> yeah. Before there was like zero, um, there was zero protection there, and it was just coming in blasting. And I was it's, like, I it almost looks like zero now. Uh, so I definitely feel bad for you. Oh, hey, it's like folks. 5%. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Um, well, folks, I hope you had a good week. Um, let's. Uh, Let's get right at it. I actually, so we, we're starting a half hour early uh, because it was supposed to be an hour early, but I was a half hour late. So that worked out to us being a half hour early um, because I'm going to be at uh, on a Zoom call, which I believe is being live streamed uh, over at the Libertarian Party of Chicago uh, with Vermin Supreme. Uh, I'm doing that at 9 Eastern. So we have to make sure we get this show done before that. So let's get right into it. This episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Dad Bod Calendar featuring some of the most sexy libertarian men you'll ever feast your eyes on, including this one right here. This episode is also obviously brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, one of the fastest growing caucuses related to waffles in the history of the United States. This episode now is also brought to you by Murder Hornets, who promise to kill you and everything that you love the very second you go outside after this pandemic is over. Murder hornets will be waiting to take everything from you. Murder hornets. Murder hornets. Murder hornets. And allow me to thank. Oh yeah. Benjamin Daniel Morris Chestnut the seventh for the kava that I am drinking on today's episode. And allow me to thank the blue Denzel Washington Jr. Uh, for this ultra pure. Oxygenated. This is oxygenated with ozone, BPA-free, non-carbonated, and kosher, and made in America, just like me. Made in made in America, kosher, and oxygenated with ozone. Fair. Fair. Sure. So to let's all, get. Go ahead. To all, bula vinaka. Bula vinaka. Oh yeah, that's right. I got a drink. Bulbanaka. So, let's get right to it. Here are the... So, we'll start with the not so... So, uh, speaking of getting right to it, Liz Warren. Liz Warren. Noted day drinker, Liz Warren, has surged to the top of a poll by CBS News asking Democrats who their preferred vice presidential candidate for Joe Biden would be, Matt. That's right. Um when asked about being the prospect of uh, being the nominee, Elizabeth Warren suggested their campaign slogan could be something along the lines of Biden our time till Warren. Yeah, that's kind of what it would be. That, that is. Uh, 
And and Biden has said this in the past. He's like, I think I'd only be a transition president, which is probably accurate. He may yeah, be probably... a transition presidential candidate. I I <laughs> I mean, he's not he's not having a good day. He, oh, he's not... you know, he's oh. he's definitely oh. Oh. He's oh. not. This is him with everything. Hey, Joe. Oh. Yeah. So I uh, I definitely would not be surprised if it ended up being Liz Warren uh, for president. But uh, we shall see. We said before, we was it last week that we said that we think he probably, if he were smart, he would pick either like a Klobuchar or a Stacey Abrams or um, that woman I've never heard of in Florida. Val Demings. Val Demings. Um but that we determined that because he isn't going to make a smart decision, it'll probably end up being Kamala Harris. Right. Yeah. It could be Liz Warren too, which I think also would not be a good choice. I don't think that would be a good choice. I mean, basically then you would have uh, Delaware, you would have Delaware and uh, the, the, the Massachusetts. And so you'd have the Northeast covered, but you're not doing anything for the Midwest. You're not which... doing anything for the Midwest or the South. Or the so. South. Yeah, it wouldn't be smart. Now, I like this pairing if I am the end up being the VP candidate uh, and in a, in a debate with her because I don't think she'll have me killed. Fair. So I'm very Fair. happy that it looks like Hillary Clinton is out of the... Out of the but she, content. she's not. I uh, was reading an article the other day about how there's the possibility that oh, they are going to take a look at Hillary Clinton or they're going to be like, hey, Biden, you've got, you know, dementia or whatever right uh, you've got dementia or whatever so maybe it's time for you to step down and uh we put somebody else in and they get nominated at convention and hillary clinton's name of course comes up oh god can you imagine they say oh joe you should pick hillary clinton oh. that's terrible oh. i uh oh. I, uh i can't oh. even imagine so speaking of old people the supreme court heard their first conference call oral arguments uh, in the time of the Corona fuffle that we have here that we're going through right now. Corona fuffle. The time of the Corona fuffle. The time of the Corona fuffle. And uh, they have, was this on Zoom? It, so it was a teleconference. It didn't say what it was on. It didn't say what it was on. It just said that it was a teleconference. So I assume that since everybody during the Corona fuffle has been on Zoom, I'm assuming it was on Zoom. Um, I don't think, I mean, they're all outside of like Gorsuch. They're all in their 60s. So maybe it was on Skype. Maybe it was on Google Hangouts. I don't really know. Um, But uh, it was available for anybody to listen in. and it could possibly change the way the court takes cases in the future. Right. Uh, we do we do we have the screen grab from that meeting? We do. I'm getting it right now. So right. okay. Um, we're working on that right now. So you just keep saying the things. Neat. Uh, the case had to do with whether or not Booking.com can copyright their name. Um, it's pretty much thought that. Uh, they chose this case as the first case where people could listen in because uh, the last lack of Supreme Court sexiness that comes with the copywriting of the name booking.com uh, because they didn't want to go with anything too controversial. This was whether booking.com can reserve the name like booking as a copyright. Yeah. That was the extent of this. 
That was the extent of it. Yep. Goodness. It, it was noted that this was like the third time in 15 years that Clarence Thomas asked questions. He doesn't usually ask, ask questions. No. So apparently he kind of reserves that for everybody else and then makes a judgment based on the questions that they've asked. Uh, in the last 15 years, he's asked questions three times and it was 10 years before that was the last time he asked a question. Well, that's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I knew he didn't ask questions a lot, but I didn't think it was that severe that he never, yeah, he no, never, he, he, barely ever asks questions well breaking Uh, news here we do have a screenshot uh from that from that zoom call and as you can see ruth bader ginsburg not sure how to use a computer properly aiming it well above her head so we we have we have, so yeah, so that was so so they used something and uh really this was all just a vehicle for that joke. Right, yeah, I didn't care about that case even a little bit, just wanted to make that joke. That's fair. Uh let's see. Uh Matt Hicks says he's busy fishing the pubes out of his coke. He's talking about you. Oh, Right. <laughs> well, that's fair. Oh, this episode's also brought to you by Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, chrisreynoldslaw.com. If you are in the Tampa Bay, Florida area and you need a personal injury attorney. He, he is the personal is injury him. attorney to the stars. chrisreynolds.com. chrisreynoldslaw.com. That's right. So speaking of the law, or no, speaking of setups for jokes right we have a special edition that will be a regular part of muddy waters uh or at least a, a regular occasional part right an, an occasional the, an occasional part. regular part this may happen again that's what i'm trying to say uh we have a new correspondent whose job will be apparent very soon uh this is our here's our correspondent sierra In a new Iowa poll, President Trump is leading Biden by two. Oddly, this is the same number of digits Biden is accused of penetrating Tara Reid with. I cannot believe Sierra would write such a joke. That makes me disgusted. Sierra? Sierra, I expect so much more from you. That was not... We here at Muddy Waters Media are strongly against rape. We are strongly, strongly against rape. And sexual assault. Really any any kind of assault, but especially sexual in nature. And that was just beyond the pale, Sierra. Oh. <laughs> Sierra, I, I expect Sierra. more from you. Oh, Sierra. I expect more from you, Sierra. Sierra. So... Anything else we want to say about that segment? Uh, Matt Hicks really enjoyed that joke. That makes sense. But yeah, Sierra, uh, as you could see in the very short 14-second clip there, she is our offensive joke correspondent. So you will be seeing her anytime that one of us writes a joke that neither one of us are willing to say. Yeah, and I did not write that one. Sierra did. 
Sierra wrote that joke. That was a Sierra joke. That was all Sierra. Now, thankfully, at least, she was wearing pants. No, she wasn't. Oh, no. She was definitely not wearing pants oh, while filming that. Okay, well, then I don't know if we're going to keep doing that, but we will. we will see. We may or may not continue having a pantsless Sierra tell the jokes that we are too scared and or running for office to tell. Um, so we shall see. We'll, we'll see how that works out. We'll see based on what you guys think. Uh, so speaking of kind of an inappropriate thing that is sort of funny but makes everyone still be kind of scared about how things are going to proceed, Kim Jong-un uh, made a public appearance uh, ending weeks of speculation on whether or not he was alive. That's true. <laughs> and feminists from around the globe were upset to hear this because it delayed the possibility of the first female dictator of the Democratic People's Republic. It's real, a real shame there, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been a huge step forward for women everywhere. Yeah. Huge step forward. Nothing shows equality among the sexes like a woman watching her people starve to death and giggling while they die in the streets. Hashtag girl power. Girl power. That's some girl power right there. Girl power. So, speaking of girl power, North Carolina, Matt. Well known for girl power. (laughs) Don't know what this has to do with girl power. I don't know. So... North Carolina uh, Highway Trooper Paul Stevens was assisting another as they were allegedly helping a stranded motorist. Um, I don't know why I put that in quotes. I just assumed they were Wait, what uh, happened? I don't know. I have I'm no like, idea wait, was he was accused of sexual assault or something? I'm like, assisting? No, maybe. I don't know. Um, during this encounter, uh, it was during this encounter that Sean Ellis drove by pumping the bird, literally how it was described. Pumping, pumping the bird. The For everybody bird. who doesn't know this, just he was pumping the bird. He was pumping the bird. He was pumping the I've bird. I've heard of flipping the bird. I, have yeah, n- no, I don't he, believe I've he ever heard pump- of pumping the bird. I, I don't really... Was, I guess, I, I mean, that would make sense. There has to be some kind of pumping action, one would think. I mean, I mean, normally you just kind of do that. Right. Unless you're an M and then you do this. But maybe he was actually like, there was a pumping motion. There could be. Like, he was trying to get a trucker to blow the horn at the same While time. While he did it, just for additional effect? Very possibly. Right. Really get his attention, just in case. Um. So he was pumping the bird at the cops from the passenger side of his best friend's ride. Hollering at the cops. Hollering at the cops. Yeah. Um, He ain't no scrub. Uh, Stevens claims that because of the bird being pumped, uh, he and the driver were engaged in disorderly conduct and pulled them over. During the half-mile pursuit, no traffic laws were broken. Half mile pursuit. Yeah, because he got in the car and went after him, and that it was only a half mile before. They I was going to say that just sounds like the cop went up and a half mile later pulled him over. That's it, what happened. Yeah, yeah I was going to say half mile pursuit doesn't sound like there was any real pursuit. It was just yeah, that's not really not really a pursuit. It was just the cop pulled him over. 
Yeah, that yeah. was what was written in the report. So after he pumped the bird, after he pumped the bird, um, when the trooper asked for the IDs, both Ellis and the driver initially said no. They were like, "No, right, not giving you, not giving you the IDs. You can only get these." Um, eventually, the driver did cave in and give his ID. Uh, Ellis still refused, but did give his. Uh, name and birthday, earning himself a citation for resisting arrest, delaying arrest, and obstructing an officer. Hmm. Uh, how did he resist arrest? You. So far, you have everything in the report that I saw. <laughs> this is. A, I want to meet who probably Stevens is probably who wrote this. Probably, yeah, that would be Resisting, my guess. Resisting, delaying, uh, or obstructing an officer by pumping the old bird there. Yeah, by pumping, by, and also by not giving the ID. Which he doesn't think, actually have to. Right, which he, right. Um, while on trial for obstruction, Sean Ellis. Oh my God, I just realized I know a Sean Ellis in North Carolina. That'd be really weird if that was him. Are you Facebook I do not. Friend? Are you Facebook friends with him? Yeah, I am Facebook friends with him. I'm going to look for him. I don't know if it's spelled the same. Um, <laughs> Ellis attempted to file a motion to suppress Stevens' testimony in the events uh, based on the fact that Stevens did not have reasonable justification to make the stop in the first place because all that was done was a little pumping of a bird. The old bird pump. The old bird pump. Uh, the trial court denied this motion. So it was taken to the New York... <laughs> It was taken to the New York, uh, sorry, the North Carolina Court of Appeals, uh, and the appellate cool, uh, court ruled in August of 2019 that Stevens had reasonable suspicion of disorderly conduct to make the stop because of this. Because of this. Um, I really hope no kids are watching this show and they're like, what's this mean? So um, I'm, I'm looking for Sean Ellis on your friends list, but you have it set so I can only see our mutuals. So I guess we'll never know. I guess so. I guess for disorderly conduct to make the stop, it was not obvious to the trooper that the defendant was simply engaging in free speech toward him when he was gesturing out of his vehicle window is what the court said. That's because they did not see this as engaging in free speech. Right. They thought that, yeah, he had to be doing something else. It's good to see Sean Whitehead back in the comments. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm happy about that. Yeah, welcome back, Sean. Yeah, so Sean, technically Um, it wasn't flipping. He was pumping. He was pumping. He was pumping the bird. Different, Uh, Different scenario. Flipping is normal. Pumping is disorderly. And due to the fact that Ellis hadn't ID'd himself or given up the ID, the court ruled that Stevens was justified in further detaining of Ellis. But this was the initial ruling, not the the Supreme Court ruling. This was the appeals. This was the second. Okay. Um, On Friday... The, the North Carolina Supreme Court reversed the appellate court decision, explaining that the facts of the case were insufficient to provide reasonable suspicion that Ellis was engaged in disorderly conduct. 
Uh, and they were quoted as saying the fact that Trooper Stevens was unsure of whether defendant's gesture may have been directed at another vehicle does not on its own provide reasonable suspicion that defendant intended to or was plainly likely to provoke violent retaliation from another driver. Right, exactly. Likewise, the mere fact that the defendant's gesture changed from waving, so apparently at some point it changed to waving, to flipping the bird. Maybe that's what pumping the bird is, is when you start with a wave and then knock it back into, uh, the, into the bird flip. That could be. The old pump. That's like the... It's a pump the fake. Royal, the royal bird flip. Oh. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, it was insufficient to conclude defendant's conduct was likely to cause a breach of the peace. So I guess the argument that the, that the Stevens, that trooper Stevens was trying to give is that if he was giving the bird to another car, he was trying to incite violence. So it was disorderly conduct. The fact that he was just giving it to a cop was not disorderly. I kind of like that. Yeah, actually I'm okay with that. You do it to someone else. If you do it to a human, it's fine. If you do it to a police officer, (laughs) No, if you do it to another person, it's bad. If you do it to a, it's bad. If you to do it to a, a police if officer, then police officer, completely fine. They're now, just pumping the lo- bird. It's all you're there doing. There have been <laughs> there have been many cases uh, where courts have ruled that you have a lot of free speech when it comes to cops. It's just whether or not you can afford to get that far. Right. Uh, courts have already ruled in favor of the following behaviors. Well, first, pumping or flipping the bird. Yeah, that's the new one. Yeah, the new one that you can do. Uh, Flashing your headlights to warn of speed traps ahead. Mm -hmm. Totally legal. Remember that. Yep. It's already been been decided on. Um, Playing NWA's Fuck the Police. That's the name of the the song. That's the name of the song. That is the name of the song by NWA. Uh, In the presence of an officer, totally fine. You're allowed to do it. Uh, and proudly displaying an I eat ass bumper sticker. Totally okay. <laughs> I missed that. Did we talk about that on the show? No, but it was in the list on the thing of things that th- things that are legal for you to do. And I said, well, I'm adding that to the show. We're definitely adding that. Good to know. And Bass has a very good point over on YouTube. He says, remember to only flash high beams twice to signal police trap. Yes, that is very valid. What happens if you do it more than twice? Uh, you might think that somebody's lights are off around you or... Oh, uh, okay. It's, it's just standard. specifically the, the two for the cops. Right. That's That's just the standard. That's fair. Right. That's fair. All right, cool. Well, so... And if you ever have, well, I don't know if this is true, but if I had any problems with the police in the Tampa Bay area, I would talk to Chris Reynolds, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, who may not want to represent me because he's a personal injury attorney, but he right. could at least... yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if he's the guy I would call. But, but. speaking of which, we have now the. Personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment brought to you by personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. 
chrisreynoldslaw.com. And let's pull up. This is the segment where you can go to anchor.com, anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters, and you can leave a message for us by pressing the message button. And leave messages, and we will play them right here on our old show. Yeah. So we have three questions. Oh, no, that one is... No. That one is from my old show from last week, so we aren't doing that. We have two questions, both of whom are from the delicious Mr. Matt Hicks. And uh, we will be playing those right now. Here's the first one. Gentlemen, Matt Hicks calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney call-in line. Uh, My question for you today is, in light of our recent uh, entrant into the libertarian presidential race, um, is it ever appropriate for a sitting congressman to vote no against anti-discrimination laws aimed at particular industries and and uh, sectors of business. Um, and before you get going, I'll give you my hot take. Uh, so if a sector of industry or business is supported in any way by government, then government has an obligation at that point to make sure there's no discrimination. And go. Hashtag laser legend. Laser legend hashtag. Laser laser legend laser legend matt hicks so if it is if if it's being financed by public money or stolen dollars meaning that the government has taken money from all of us to pay for it then they aren't free to decide who they can or cannot serve um so no absolutely not that there would be no reason to vote against or vote in favor of allowing them to, to discriminate or voting against stopping them from discriminating if they're taking public dollars. If they're a private firm or, you know, if 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 when I had had my, my web design company, I said, I'm only doing business with Jews, that would have been my prerogative. Or if I had said I only want to do business with Hispanic people or black people or white people or whatever, if I, if I discriminated, there should be no reason for the government to tell me who I can and cannot choose to exclude to do business with that's a personal choice and now the flip side of that is if i'm being bigoted towards you know many or or, you know some or many groups those groups or people that you know just don't support that kind of discrimination could boycott me or they could call for people to do business with other companies who are are competing with me so i mean there's you know it's not as though i would be exempt of any consequence from that but no they there should not be any any law forcing me to do that right um, yeah, exactly. If it's a private company and they want to discriminate, that's their own thing. But the moment you take government money, no. Yeah. Cause we were all robbed to pay for it. So you have to serve everyone. Right. Right. Okay. So here is the next question from laser legend, Matt Hicks. Hey guys, it's Matt Hicks, the hashtag laser legend calling on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney call in line. Uh, So this morning I went outside to pick up a bunch of sticks out of the yard that fell out of trees during a storm. And uh, as I went outside, I sneezed from the pollen and pulled a muscle in my back. It's uh, one of the 
foibles of getting old, I guess. Um, so I just wanted to know what you guys think. It got me, it got me thinking, and I want to know what you guys think. The uh, proper roles and responsibilities of government are when it comes to managing the elderly and aging. Thanks a lot. Hashtag laser legend. That was quite a segue. So that was quite a segue. So um, I feel you, Matt Hicks, on pulling a muscle while sneezing. Uh, I've also hurt myself stepping into or out of a shower and while sleeping, which not really sure how you've done that, how you do that, but it's been done uh, by me. Um, as far as like the government's role in taking care of the elderly, I don't really see them having a role in taking care of the elderly. I think that they should get the social security that they paid into it, but that's kind of. It's a tough one because the elderly are all victims of a massive multi-trillion dollar Ponzi scheme that they had no ability other than to work illegally or under the table. They had no way to legally avoid Um, And so they are basically all victims of a scam that continues to this day. The problem is, with any Ponzi scheme, in order to pay the victims, the the victims who are supposed to be being paid out, you have to continue taking from the victims who are paying into it. So there's got to be a way of dealing with that. Some people have proposed just ending any new entries into the program so no one else has to pay into it. And the people who are already getting payouts get what they were promised with the idea that every few years what they were promised gets phased back until eventually no one is getting anything. Um, but someone's still having to pay for that. So it's a really difficult one. Um, but I guess the, the short answer is stop creating new victims and then figure out how to deal with the, the I guess, old victims, for lack of a better word. Um, Long term, what is the government's role, I believe, is to dismantle itself and stop victimizing people. Um, so in terms of what they should be doing for the elderly, I think stop harming them would be number one. And then, you know, whatever restitution can be had by selling off government or dismantling government and and selling off its, its assets. Uh, but unfortunately there's a lot of victims that have been created over the years by that same government, the elderly scam victims, the, uh, indigenous people whose land was stolen to make all this that that make all of the the government so-called government-owned land, the people who were imported as chattel slaves and and had the government enforce that system. So there's a lot of people there that would be lined up uh, for that. So I don't know, a tough one, but I think the best thing is to stop the continued harm and then figure out what to do with the people who have already been harmed. Would be the answer to that. Yeah. So well, thank you for this. And we did get a uh, question over on Float. Okay. Possibly last week. Not 100% sure if it was last week or sometime during the week. Okay. Uh, can we explain full decriminalization versus legalization and why libertarians are supporting taxing drugs instead of respecting the NAP? So... Depending on who you ask, decriminalization is either not having any penalties on any drugs and but also no regulations on it 
which is an interesting interpretation of decriminalization. Usually the legal uh, definition of decriminalization is it's still illegal, but if they catch you with it, they don't do anything to you. But they usually still take it. So in this, in the countries that have decriminalized hard drugs, um, usually they've also legalized marijuana, so you can just smoke marijuana if you want to. But when it comes to the to the harder drugs, cocaine, heroin, you know those type uh, those types of things, if they catch you with it, they take it from you, but they don't charge you with anything, and they'll usually direct you if you want to a you know some kind of uh, rehab program or, or whatever. But that's voluntary. Yeah, they'll, they'll give you the option. They'll say, "Do you want to go to rehab?" And if you say no, they go, "Okay," and they put you right back. Right. Yeah. So it's it's that's usually what decriminalization means about a year ago, a year or so ago, we started seeing in libertarian circles, them, some libertarians defining decriminalization as basically legalization, but with no, with no restrictions. So basically they wouldn't codify that it was legal. They simply wouldn't say one way or another. And therefore, since there was nothing on the book saying that you couldn't do it, voila, you could do it. But there also wouldn't be any regulations on it or any taxes or anything else. That's not, I mean, we could do something like that, but that's not typically what the term decriminalization means. That would just mean it not being mandated one way or the other. Um, so what the, what the most philosophically consistent answer would be legalization. It is legal. You're allowed to do it. There's no rules on the book saying you can't do it. For example... Uh, there's no rule on the books saying whether you can or can't eat chicken. You just can because there's nothing that says you can't. But we don't say that chicken is decriminalized. We just say it's legal. Um, now, there may be some regulations on the preparation for chicken and things like that. And obviously, when you sell chicken like anything else, there's whatever taxes the state has. Um, so what I would say is we regulate drugs the same way we regulate chicken or whatever. You know, that it would have minimal or no regulation on it, minimal or no taxation on it, basically treated the same way everything else is. And if you want to call that decriminalization, that's fine. That isn't what they would call it. They'd call it legalization. And uh, yeah, no, a a consistent application of the non-aggression principle is that you can't take from people, which means no taxation is morally correct under under the, the NAP. So we definitely would not support that. Yes. Yes. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Correct. 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 That was the right answer. Amanda Collins says there shouldn't be regulation on chicken or drugs. Exactly. And that and that's what I'm saying is that if 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 there's to be any regulation it shouldn't be any more than just any other standard issue product that that's out there. Which means, you know, again, applying consistent libertarian thought to it, you know, there wouldn't be any regulation on chicken either. That The market would be able to make its best uh, determinations on how to deal with things like that, like chicken, like, you know, drugs, like alcohol, like le bleu, ultra pure drinking water, like kava, like whatever else, like laminated pictures of people. I don't have anything else. Kava this basically has microphone. no regulations on it. What's that? Kava basically has no regulations. Well, on there it. you go. And that seems to right. be working out well. Right. You get, you get sales tax on it and that's pretty much about it. Yep. So, 
So those were uh, our questions. And now, without further ado, is our final topic, which is Kathy licensing. Cat, well, Kathy Hale and her licensing Kathy. situation. Um. So Kathy Hay has stated mm-hmm. for 16 years, our family struggled with food and security. And a lot of people don't understand how hard it is if they don't, if they don't struggle with that. Luckily, Kathy is our, is in a much better place than she was back in those days. Mm-hmm. But because of it, she says, I'm always looking for ways to help people that are having a hard time, which good for her. Yeah. This really. is, this is amazing. This uh, this actually plays into a question Matt Hicks asked a couple of weeks ago where he said what would be the anarchist way to uh, do things during corona, the corona fuffle. Um, and we said, you know, give food to your neighbors, like set up these food Right, banks, right, help people, yeah. Now, she did this in December before this whole corona fuffle kind of got kicked off. Um, and she set up a free food pantry in her backyard in the state of Washington, complete with refrigerated food, uh, canned goods, uh, produce, and just basically she just wanted to help out the less fortunate. Right, right. Um, and good on her. Good on her for doing – it was something she cared about, and it was something that was helping people. Uh, in February, again, before the corona fuffle really got kicked off, Actually, in Washington, they already had some cases. In it was probably right as that was happening. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, the county health department stopped by to tell her and her husband that they needed to immediately stop helping people because they didn't have a permit or they would face criminal prosecution. Because she didn't have a permit to give food away for free in her backyard. In her backyard. Yeah. In her backyard. She was going to face criminal prosecution. Now, so Kathy and her husband were like, okay, well, yeah, we'll just get the permit. But then they found out that if they got the license, it wouldn't be good enough to get the pantry started. She would also have to pay a fine because, you know, government. Yep. Uh, She would also have to pay an annual fee and she would have to abide by a list of regulations more appropriate for large scale distribution centers as opposed to just someone helping someone in their backyard. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, Some of the regulations included commercial labels for cans that had to wrap all the way around the can. Fresh foods like apples, oranges, and bread were prohibited. Uh, A separate collection spot where she screened every item that came in. So when Spike, like when if Spike would donate to me to give away my, I would have to have a separate place that I looked at everything to make sure it was okay. Right. Uh, she would need to elevate the pantry above the ground, uh, disqualifying her cupboard setup, which I'm guessing she had like just something on the ground itself. Right. She just had cupboards in the yeah. Right. Um. And even though uh, she had to. <laughs> And even though she had to elevate it, the health department never specified how high it needed to be. Which is intentionally arbitrary, because if they want to come and come up with a reason to, to deny you, they can just say, oh, it's not high enough. Mm-hmm. Um, the Institute for Justice has filed a civil rights lawsuit on uh, Kathy Hayes' behalf, as well 
as on the behalf of two women who were benefiting from the pantry. Right. So at bare minimum, she was helping two women and their families. I'm assuming I'm yep. not hundred percent. Yeah, of course. Uh, she was, she was helping two women and their families. And now because the state of Washington is like, Oh, you don't have a license. The, everybody's getting screwed on her property on her property this on isn't even her. a you know it's bad enough when we hear about people going to the park and feeding the homeless this is her saying hey anyone come on over to my property and take this food that i bought which is my also my property on my property and i'm welcoming you onto it and giving it to you they criminalized that Yes. So this would be like saying if you invited people over to have like a cookout, they could show up and say, oh, you're operating a restaurant here. You need to abide by these codes and get a license and pay a fee. That's as stupid. That's no less stupid than what we're talking about right now. Right. And the reason I can't believe I didn't put that in the notes. The reason that, uh, they went after her is because she printed flyers and distributed them and was advertising online about the free food pantry. About free food they, in her... On her property. On her property. Uh, the suit says the county infringed on Hayes' constitutional right when it stopped her from giving away food on her own property. Right. And it alleges that it likewise violated the two beneficiaries' constitutional rights to accept private charity. Yep. Um... The town, uh, the working class town where Hay lives, Clarkston, sported a 20% poverty level before the corona fuffle hit, which is higher, which was higher than the national yeah. average. Yeah. Uh, Hay is really hoping for a speedy resolution. And she says the ideal outcome would be for the county to let me and anybody else who would like to have a little free pantry to be able to open one up without being afraid that they're going to be charged with criminal behavior. This drives home that this has nothing to do with safety. And it's, it's only, I mean, it is about control. All government actions are about control. This is about criminalizing poverty. It is about making it basically illegal to continue living as a poor person. So, they they claim that when if you go and you bring a bunch of food to the park to feed homeless people there that you know well this is a safety issue because you're bringing it to the public and we don't know what happened with that food blah 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 which was a stupid i mean if i had a food truck permit i could do the same thing and charge people but if i want to give it away i can't do it without paying for that same permit and spending all yeah. that money and again i'm not making money so if i went to those same homeless people and said hey i paid for the right to give you or permission to sell you this sandwich, they're fine with that, but they don't have the money for that sandwich. So if instead I say, hey, listen, I'm just going to give you the sandwich, that's bad. That's potentially a safety hazard. This is on someone's property. This isn't even going somewhere to help someone or setting yeah, up not, a food they, kitchen. They aren't going to like, yeah, they aren't, she wasn't going to like a public park. She set this up in her backyard. In her backyard on her property where she lives. I disagree with it also if you're going to a public park. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's wrong too. But I'm just saying this takes away all pretense that this has anything to do with public health. If you invite someone into your home to take food, 
That is, I mean, there's not even, I've never heard anyone argue that that is anyone's business other than the state of Washington or whatever county she's in. This is about because so many people, especially in government, hate homeless people because homeless people don't pay taxes. That's really what it is. They don't pay taxes and they often sometimes end up having to become, uh, uh, you know, having to take, uh, you know, uh, uh, benefits from, from the county or the state or the city and they often don't vote. They're seen as nothing, not really human. And they don't care about them. And they see them as a as a blight and an eyesore to have to go by every day. And so they don't want them fed. So if you're in a situation where you can't eat unless someone gives it to you, and especially right now where it's incredibly difficult for anyone to find work, they're basically saying it's legal for you to starve to death. Right. It's illegal now, for you not to starve. Now, Amanda Collins in the uh, comments over here says... Technically, under Georgia law, it is illegal for my friend to give me a strawberry plant in exchange for eggs if I take her the eggs or she brings me the plant. If we drive to each other's house to pick up each item, it's illegal. Like that, that's absurd. Like, and that's how the rules are. And, and, and people understand, which is why when people talk about, you got to go through the legal process for anything. I say usually the illegal process is incredibly stupid and you may be violating multiple legal processes every day without even being aware of it or without even the police being aware of it because of how ridiculously they're written and how arbitrarily they're applied and how unevenly they're enforced. Um, It is absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. It is almost as ridiculous as that segment that Sierra did earlier. Sierra apparently has gotten a little bit of flack from it, according to some messages. I mean, it's just, you know, you know, there's humor and then sometimes things just aren't funny, Sierra. <laughs> her, 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 somebody in her family was not happy about that joke. Well, I'd be lying if I said I was, frankly. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said that. So... Oh. So this is another story of just people trying to help. You know, people ask us, oh, well, but without government, who would help the poor? We would. And the government would stop trying to stop us from helping the poor. And they'd stop creating so much poverty in the first place with their terrible economic policies and their their occupational licensing laws and all, all of the things that they put in place to basically incentivize poverty and make it almost impossible to get out of poverty for so many people. They remove so many of the bottom rungs from the economic ladder that unless you have some kind of incredibly impressive vertical leap, you're not going to be able to work your way up. You're going to be stuck in your generational poverty. And that's how they want it. And if you starve, well, at least you violate, you broke, you didn't break the law. And that's basically how so many of these laws are written. And they're at the county and state and city level. So yes, there are problems at the federal level. Yes, there are problems at the state level. But the problem isn't how the problem isn't just how centralized it is. That's part of the problem. The problem is the idea that any central authority, even if it's your local city government or your county government, have any authority to tell you how you how to live your life and, and tell others how to live their lives. 
you know, I, 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 there's not a discernible difference between having some terrible tyrant in Washington D.C. and a bunch of and a bunch of tiny terrible tyrants in all of our cities and counties. It's the same thing. You're actually far more likely to get hurt by a cop, local or or county or state cop, than by any federal agent. It's it's exponentially higher that you'll be. We've all we all have stories of you know less than happy run-ins with our local police. Probably not so much with federal police. Most of us. So most. Now, the good news is this is all soon going to end because soon because uh, you're going to accept Sierra's invite to meet her in the parking lot where she's going to try to fight a (laughs) middle aged man with MS. I mean, we can record it if that happens. I I would be happy to meet Sierra in the parking lot. I'm sure she has some great jokes she can tell me. No, the good news, even though apparently I'm going to get beat up by a, a, a petite blonde woman uh, later on this evening, um, is that uh, soon all of this is going to end because soon Vermin Supreme and I are going to be the president and the vice president of these United States, and we are going to single-handedly fix all of your problems, especially if one of your problems is that you don't have a pony. And to that end, here are some updates from our campaign for the week. So, first of all, results are in from the Libertarian Party presidential recruitment competition. And we absolutely crushed it. We had, we've had we been doing regular updates on this. We've been crushing it from the beginning. We ended up getting more, uh, almost twice as many um, recruitments in the month of April as every other presidential candidate combined which is fairly impressive um and uh well more than more than all of them combined and uh something like three times as many as the next highest uh who was jacob hornberger and we uh we did a great you know everyone uh congratulations to everyone for trying and for for you know joining and helping people uh uh, shout out to justin amash uh who scored one new Member of the of the Libertarian Party, congratulations to him for that. And uh, yeah, so then <laughs> later on in the uh, we didn't he didn't register it because he wasn't in this competition, but we'll just put a one there uh, where it would say Amash. We put a one there, right? It would be right there in between. Is this in alphabetical order? Yep. Yeah, it, uh, first name. So in between. Uh, John Mons and Ken Armstrong. Jen, John Mons and Ken Armstrong. You would have uh, just a mosh with a little nice little sliver there, a little yellow sliver. It's, it's like they just highlighted the line above. Just the just the line of pixels directly above the black line. Right. It would be for Justin Amash there when he recruited Justin Amash. And literally nobody else. And no one else. So uh, another cool thing happened. I participated in my first vice presidential deb- forum. Um, and the forum. It's not, well, it's not, it wasn't a debate. It was a forum. And it was a forum. It really wasn't a debate. It was incredibly congenial and conversational. And we had a really good time. Uh, we we had a little. In, that? If I may, uh, as somebody who was not a part of it, but got to watch it uh, in its entirety. Uh, live 
that was actually a there were some really good discussions and it was brought up numerous times by i think all three of the candidates that were there uh that it wasn't that they disagreed on ideas it was that they disagreed on how to do it and then it was just whether or not the part the the viewer got to decide which route to the idea they liked best yeah that's really what it was like we all agreed on the i don't think there was with the exception of maybe taxation where ken does believe that there is some legitimate role for government to tax for certain things but right. but not but not many things and i i don't want to misrepresent ken's not a pro tax guy by any stretch um whereas uh you know the rest of us were kind of saying no we'd like to work towards you know, a fully voluntary thing, even though Larry is fine with a transitional type of tax. Um, all that to say, for the most part, we all agreed that we want to work towards a mostly or fully, in my case, fully uh, voluntary society and that um, that we would not be, um, you know, that, that you know, it, it was it was a disagreement on strategy, messaging and, and that kind of stuff. And, and even that disagreement was in, you know, relative terms. So it went very well uh, and by went very well. Uh, what I mean is that uh, this was hosted by the Mises Caucus, uh, and then they had a um, a poll afterwards um, for the members, and uh, I won it. It was close. It was close yeah, between. Was close. Yeah, yeah, no, was it was close. close. I, I didn't. I didn't run away with it, but uh, mm-hmm. I won by. Uh, set, and keeping in mind that it was it was set up not really to see who. One, in fact, the question posed was, you know, which VP candidate did you like the most after the forum? Not so who won the debate because it wasn't really set up for someone to win. Um, but uh, I did get the most votes uh, by seven. So I'm pretty psyched about that, that I, I was able to give my message well. Uh, there's another poll going on. We invite you all to go to over on the Muddied Waters Twitter, where I am holding on to a very, very slim lead. Uh, over Larry Sharp. Oh. oh yeah, you are. Yeah, it's a. Uh, we're gonna pump those numbers up shortly. Uh, but um, rookie numbers, son, you gotta pump them up. Gotta pump those rookie numbers up, me. Um, and you can help. By the way, me help me by uh, going over to uh, at muddied underscore waters and scrolling down to the old poll there and smashing that. Spike Cohen button. Boom, 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 boom. Spike Cohen. Which, yeah, if you haven't done that yet, go on over and uh, smash the button for your preferred candidate. Spike Cohen. Because I, <laughs> I said that I was going to remain unbiased. Spike Cohen. <laughs> Chris Reynolds said, I voted for Spike, but I also commented a gif. Of yeah, no, Amash. I saw that. I saw that. Thank you. That was helpful in your own special way. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Chris Reynolds also asks if Amash wins the LP nomination and asks Spike to be his VP, will Spike accept? Why the is good th- why is this like the question of the week? Because he's only been in for a week. Yeah, but why is this a question <laughs> at all? <laughs> like, as soon as he came in, everyone's like, "What about Amash Cohen?" It's because, you know, he had to have come in thinking he like we talked about this last week when he announced last week 
you know, a month before the convention was supposed to happen. Um, yes. Ish. Ish. <laughs> Month-ish. Month and a half, yeah. Um, but he, uh, we talked about it, uh, totally, totally derailed what I was thinking about there. But yeah, we talked, we talked about this, um, last week that he's only entering because he believes he has, he has it. He's got it in the bag and the nomination. Yeah. 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 This wasn't said by me. Going to point that out. Wasn't said by me. But uh, he was at least promised that it would work out for him because, man, that would be embarrassing if it wasn't. Uh, I mean, can you imagine to go from being one of the top people in Congress as a Republican and basically the spokesperson for Liberty Republicans to go from that to getting basically run out of your own party to determining that you can't win re-election for your own seat as an incumbent to then not being able to win the nomination of the Libertarian Party even after the Libertarian Party national social media is retweeting every move you make as though you are already the nominee while while neglecting to even mention that there are any other candidates. And I'm not like I'm not running for office, so I can I believe I believe I can say this without any issues. But if uh, a mash or anybody on his team wants to give me ten thousand dollars, I will ensure that Spike Cohen will be the VP under an amash. I'm sure that's what they want. (laughs) I'm positive that that is definitely their preferred outcome of all of the potential people to run specifically me. Yeah. That is definitely, I know if I were running for the nomination for president, I would look for the person who is the most outspoken against everything I was doing and say, I want that guy. I want that guy because he's going to make this fun and interesting. I don't want it to be, uh, I don't want to be boring. Not at all contentious. Here's the thing, and this is what I've said to answer Chris's question, which has been asked. I think he's doing this as a goof because he likes to bother me with his questions. But I think that I've been asked a lot of times with his, his, like, I mean, he'll go on my appearances and write stuff like, you know, do you think that. You, he'll, you know, do you want to uh, continue paying st- uh, state debts off, or do you hate? Do you want to close all the schools and leave the kids without meals during the day, or so, like? So, thank you for that, Chris. Um, I so to answer this, uh, I, I just, I, if I am nominated, I will accept. If Justin Amash is nominated to be president, and I am nominated to be vice president. A, first of all, the Libertarian Party will have thoroughly demonstrated itself to have quite a keen sense of humor. And then number two, second of all, I know I did A and two. First of all and second of all. Second of all, <laughs> I, I'm i going, regardless of who my running mate is, I'm going to run as a radical Libertarian. I'm going to run on a radical Libertarian platform. I'm going to go around the country and use the campaign to build up local and and campus affiliates and make numerous uh, media appearances where I will control the conversation by using the Socratic method to force the media to answer uh, why they are continuing to 
you know, harbor support for the two parties who have put us in this mess. And so I will be running that way. I'm not running a passive campaign. I'm not running a, oh, I'm so happy to be here. Can't wait to get on MSNBC and sit there while they ask me setup questions and I try to nicely answer them. That's not what I'm going to do. And so if I'm paired with someone who does want to do that, that will make for an interesting campaign. If that's what. Did you see him on CNN? The, the one where he said that people shouldn't protest with guns? Yeah, that one. And he said that you need to give the people, the 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 governor, the government in Michigan a break for... Yeah, not not the liberty, not the liberty message that you want to be spouting out there. Here's what he's done so far. He said that nonsense. And then he brought up Nazi symbols, which he wasn't even asked. He was asked about guns and he said, "Yeah, I heard there were some Nazi symbols." Where? That's not to say that no one had Nazi symbols out there. there were, so okay, there 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 were, but some it was like saying that the government was being the Nazis, right? There was that part of it. And then there was another part of it where like Antifa showed up and like, they tried to blend in and to be like, Oh, look, we're we're Nazis. But in the end, most of the time people were being, were calling the governor, uh, Whitmer, governor Whitmer calling her Her the Nazi. Right. Which is not the best way. I mean, Jew here, better ways to message, whatever. But if someone's asking me a question about someone's optics on messaging, the first thing I'm going to say is that the onus here is on government for creating these conditions. And we can sit here and, 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 and you know, uh, uh, beat up normal everyday citizens about the political optics of how they're doing stuff. They're not politicians. They're not activists. They just want to be able to get back to work. They just want their lives to be able to, for them to be able to responsibly make decisions based on the information they now have on this virus, as opposed to being told everyone stay home right now. The murder hornets. Supposedly, if you get stung by one of these things, you're likely to die. It doesn't matter how old you are or your overall health. You're you're probably going to die. Okay. Now imagine if there were a bunch of these things, which that's what, hornets do imagine if they told you you just had to stay in your house till they killed all the hornets unless you were going to the store unless you were going to a big box store like walmart or target who can afford to keep all these protocols in place and still remain open but not a small business they just have to stay closed until they lose everything and of course you know of that six trillion dollar stimulus four trillion of it went to big businesses Another one trillion went to medium and and and, and large size businesses, and I think three hundred billion of the six trillion went to twelve hundred dollar checks for people once, which many people still haven't gotten, and are being told, "Yeah, you're just not going to be working for a while until we flatten the curve." That's who's out there, so. No, if someone asks me a dumbass question like that, I'm going to flip it around on them about what government did, why they're the reason we're even here in the first place. I'm not going to, a perfect example, I'm not going to passively answer their dumbass question that was designed for me to throw my own movement under the bus or look like a fool for defending it. Like he did. 
seasoned politician that he is, apparently. So, if... He's only used to bashing Trump recently. Bashing other politicians, he's not great at. Or, or, and apparently he's good at bashing protesters. Just those ones. I, I just... If the Libertarian Party decides that they want to run a campaign of never Trump virtue signaling and then want to temper it by having a, a principal libertarian as the VP, okay, I will absolutely serve in that capacity. I'm not going to play the never Trump virtue signaling game. We don't like Trump either. We don't like his policies, but we don't pretend that he's some unique wrong that isn't just an extension, the log- next logical conclusion of the entire history of the U.S. federal government and the concept of statism in the U.S. Because he is. He's just part of the problem. He's not the problem. And if my running mate is saying, oh, no, he's the problem, I'll be saying, oh, no, he's not. So if I am if I am nominated, I will serve. And we will see how that works out. If I'm nominated and paired with Vermin or, or another uh, principled libertarian who wants to present the full libertarian message, then I that should work well. If I'm being paired with someone who wants to anti-Trump signal and hope that people ignore his positions on immigration and abortion, then uh, we can do that too. So, let's see what's here with comments. Oh, Seth Thomas Benton says that I would have his vote if I told him that Ken Armstrong would sing him on stage at the presidential debates was going to happen. Oh, he would. Oh, Justin would? Well, I'll do that. I'll Ken, Ken can sing me on. I'll have Ken sing me on for anything. Like, sure. I'd do that even if you weren't saying offering this. I would... I think Ken would be the ideal person to sing me onto stages moving forward. I'll have him sing me onto my show. I'm going to text him after this. Because I kind of like that idea. So, yeah. Uh yeah says poorly run cities will will poorly run he oh you live in youngstown ohio bro i feel for you uh the schools are closed the city is empty one home out of 10 is owned yeah i accidentally drove into youngstown one time driving to toronto took the wrong exit was supposed to go to erie ended up in youngstown Instantly realized I was not in Erie, PA. Yeah, that shouldn't have taken you too long. Did not take me long. I thought, where am I? And then I saw the signs that said Youngstown. I went, oh, I've heard of this place. We should leave. And we did. I have many stories about Youngstown related to the Dunkin' Donuts there, but we don't have enough time for that. Chris Reynolds says, Spike, Trump isn't so bad. Sure. So <laughs> what's going so t- so uh on Thursday, I gotta I gotta head out shortly. So on Thursday, we are doing the uh very first muddied the muddied zoom. 
get together with all three. Yes, there are three members. All three members of, of Money Waters Media. All three. That's right. Uh, there are three members. Um, you just haven't seen Jason for a while. Yeah. But you will have all three of us on a Zoom call together. And uh, if you are a member of the Muddied Waters group on Facebook, mm-hmm. you will be given the the Zoom meeting. link. Yeah, the Zoom link, the meeting code, whatever so, it's called. Yeah, so you'll be able to join in and hang out with us and talk to us directly on Zoom. Uh, if you are a member of Muddied Waters of the Muddy Waters group, we uh, will also be having uh, we will stream it live so you can comment here on Muddy Waters Media. Um, but if you want to actually get in on that sweet, sweet action, you have to join the Muddied Waters group on Facebook. Just search for Muddy Waters and you will find it in groups and smash that old join button. But you got to answer our questions correctly. Got to answer the three questions, which I will say only one person has answered correctly. So I guess what we're trying to say is it really doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. How you answer. I'm just looking for a specific set of answers, and one person has given them. Um, so do you the, have a show tomorrow? What's that? Do you have a show tomorrow? possibly i had a guest but they had to they had to drop out and so somebody dropped out on the future vice president really no it was they needed to but uh so i'm going to uh so i what's that were they having a baby the baby they had a baby that was on fire yes um and so i will uh i'll get back to you on that we will know very shortly if i'm having a show or not and uh and then we'll be doing the zoom thing on thursday on Friday, Vermin Supreme and I will be doing a large Zoom delegate call with, I think, a few different states at the same time. And then, gosh, what am I doing? Let's see. It's gotten so crazy. Um, let's see. I'm not going to lie. Like, I really enjoy the late night phone calls that we have now. Yes. Like, where we'll talk at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And you are so loopy from talking all day long. All day long. That you just sort of ramble for an hour. And I just kind of throw in comments here or there. Yeah. So I'm this weekend, I'm going to be, if you're a delegate, there's a good chance you might be hearing from me. Because I'm just doing more of those. And then Monday, what do I got here? Nothing there. You have Monday off? I have Monday. Well, making delegate calls. And then... Tuesday, come right back here, probably 8 p.m. For the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I will parse through the week's news like the... So, Matt, if someone were trying to look for us on the internet, how would they even do that? You never came up with a spring thing I, I just, I, yeah, I'd spring, a spring man spring men Chicken. spring oh happy cinco de mayo everyone um the great day where a ship sank with all of the mayo heading to mexico oh no uh, which yeah, is why uh, to this day they don't they use sour cream instead that's right uh so yeah, if you're trying to find us online, you can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash muddiedwatersmedia. You can find us on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. You can find us on float at 
F-L-O-T-E, float.app slash Muddied Waters Media. You can find us on Anchor to leave us messages and give us money. Money if this great, give us money. great, if you want this great continued, continued great programming. Don't judge it. <laughs> this don't great judge continued. Continued yeah, great, great continuing programming. Uh, don't judge our programming based on that sentence uh at anchor.fm slash muddied waters you can find us on youtube at youtube.com slash muddied waters media you can find us on the gram the insta at muddied waters media and we are now streaming live on twitch at twitch.tv slash muddied waters media yes yes muddy waters and if you can find this in every episode of muddy waters media at muddywatersmedia.com so, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I think that the Libertarian LP Chicago thing is being live streamed. So, if it is, go join me over at the LP Chicago page, Libertarian Party Chicago. If it is not being live streamed, then I will see you there if you are a member of the Libertarian Party Chicago. Actually, there's a... Oh, but if you're not... Well, you may or may not be seeing me shortly, depending on a couple of factors. So thanks again for tuning in. We will see you next week. And where we're going, we don't need roads. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. disinfectants readily available we've tested bleach we've tested isopropyl alcohol i can tell you that bleach will kill the virus in five minutes and that's with no manipulation so suppose we hit the body i see the disinfectant suppose we hit the body with tremendous ultraviolet suppose we hit the body i see the disinfectant suppose we hit the body with tremendous ultraviolet we're leading the way
in so many different ways, supposing you brought the light inside the body in some other ways. As we continue to develop potential therapies, I see the disinfectant. I see the disinfectant. I think people are gonna know, you're gonna know, I'm gonna know. I think people are gonna know, you're gonna know, I'm gonna know. I think people are gonna know. I see the disinfectant. This whole curse, this whole plague. And is there a way we can do something like that? Injection. Suppose we hit the body. I see the disinfectant. Suppose we hit the body. We're tremendous ultraviolet. Suppose we hit the body. I see the disinfectant. Suppose we hit the body. We're tremendous ultraviolet. As we continue our battle against the virus, the data in fact suggests that we're making great progress. We're tremendous ultraviolet to the invisible enemy. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body. And then I see the disinfectant ultraviolet through the skin. And it's working very well. We're a big deal. We will end this plague. And then I see the disinfectant. I see the disinfectant. That's really powerful. We hit the body. I see the disinfectant. Suppose we hit the body. We're tremendous ultraviolet. Suppose we hit the body. I see the disinfectant. Suppose we hit the body. We're tremendous ultraviolet.